Non-rockabotus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy? Or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional. Delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yeah! Yeah! What? 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 Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go into the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. I got, I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. Understand the meaning of your precepts so that I can meditate on your wonders. I am weary from grief. Strengthen me through your word. Keep me from the way of deceit and graciously give me your instruction. I have chosen the way of truth. I have said your ordinances before me. I cling to your decrees. Lord, do not put me to shame. I pursue the way of your commands for you broaden my understanding. Teach me, Lord, the meaning of your statutes, and I will always keep them. Help me understand your instruction, and I will obey it and follow it with all my heart. Case closed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to Apologia Radio. We're actually cutting this opening after we just had a very interesting interview with Jesse Lee Peterson from the Jesse Lee Peterson Show from The Fallen State. Uh, he has an organization called Bonds. I'm Jeff the Ninja. That's Luke the Bear Pearson. What up? That's Joy the Girl. Hello. And Marcus Pittman King Ginger on the ones and twos. Hello. Hey, y'all. Hi. So this is a very exciting show, is it not? So exciting. Yes. It's so exciting. So exciting. It's amazing. It's so some of you guys are like, what in the world are you talking about? Trust me, you're going to know in just a minute. This is a long episode. I want to forewarn you. It's a long episode today, but hopefully a useful episode. It's an important one, let me tell you. Uh, and let me, to get into why it's important, let me go ahead and give you a little background. Marcus, tell us the history with us and Jesse Lee Peterson. Go back to the beginning of how this all, this all happened. Didn't they... They contacted us, right? Oh, yeah. They yeah. contacted us when we were fundraising for In Abortion Now. Right. And they were like, hey, we heard about what you do for In Abortion Now. We'd like to have you on the show. And so I just like Googled him and like saw that he had a huge following and he had his photo with like Sean Hannity and was on Fox News. And I was like, yes, of course. And so just didn't think much of it after that. And then... Uh, we did the first show in the studio. Yeah, but before before that, I I think Austin actually went and listened to his show, and he Ooh. was like, Austin, yeah, he <laughs> used to be here. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and he was like, Hey, have you listened to the Jesse Lee Peterson show? And I was like, No. 
He was like, you should listen to it. And I was like, I remember listening to it for the first time. I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. And you told me, you were like, I told oh. you, I was like, hey, uh, this might have been a mistake. <laughs> and uh, we actually formed a relationship out of it. It's been kind of cool. Yeah. And then from there, we went to L.A. and yeah. we were on set. Fun. It's been fun. We've it's had been fun. fun. And uh, this was the first time we had him on our show. That's today. right. And just for the record, they contacted yes, us. per his yeah. request. Yeah. They yeah. contacted our producer, Joy, the mm-hmm. girl. And Joy was like, hey, y'all. <laughs> Joy came out. She's not always looking this excited. She's like, hey, guys. <laughs> guess what I just got? Um, and so, yeah, I just, I guess a little bit of background would be good here so we did the first show and what was weird about it was we knew it was gonna be interesting because jesse's an interesting character in his his shows and i do watch the fallen state i watch it because i cringe the whole way through um but uh on the first episode the radio show i think we posted on an apologia studios feed you can see it somewhere in there just look up jesse lee peterson it'll be search apologiastudios.com uh jesse lee peterson i think it's we've just posted the whole episode Somewhere, like, in the middle of that interview, he starts asking me, like, if I still sin because he believes he doesn't sin anymore. Right. And he starts asking me if I'm the head of my wife. And I'm like, this is really interesting. So I start watching more and more of him, and I realize that in all of his episodes, those are his questions. Do you still sin? And are you the head of your wife? And, of course, at the end, did you have fun? Right. But did you have fun? Um, and so when we were in L.A., I was expecting the same exact situation in studio. And lo and behold... It was the same. It was a whole discussion about end abortion now that turned into uh, do we still sin after we come to Christ? So he promised me, and he says he doesn't sin. He promised me that he would have me back. So he actually has to now. He's right. obligated because it would be a lie if he didn't have me back. Right. Um, that's right. Right, yeah. That's right. So, um, so Jesse, you got to have me back even after today's show here with us. Um, so... When he contacted Joy and we decided... I kind of want him to come here. That'd be cool. I know. That'd be awesome. He said that he'd wanted to talk with us again, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. I think maybe maybe something in front of a live audience. That would be good. That would be good. Jesse versus Jeff on the authority of scripture. That would be very, very good. Yeah. So We might have to have a moderator, though, just because... We can find one. We can find a moderator. I'm just saying, after you hear today's show, you'll know why. (laughs) Right. Yes. So, um, so I, I think what I want to do is is um, is at least let you guys hear the last time that I was on Jess Lee Peterson's show, um, and so you guys can hear how we left off the last time and and know what it was all about. Here we go. I had fun, Jesse. Yeah. You should have me back. <laughs> I will. We'll talk about the transmission of the text. We'll go at it with each other. We'll make everyone cringe. Yeah. There are over a hundred Bible. Transitions. Yeah, now, and don't so, drop that right now at the last minute so because I'm going to have to spend time out refuting of it. Hundred transitions. 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 The original Greek. <laughs> Thank you for language. tuning in, folks, oh, and thanks for calling in. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Is he talking about the Bible or genders? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was, um, yeah, that was, that was the end of the last time I was on set with Jesse Lee Peterson in L.A. Uh, he, as I was confronting him with. Scripture, he basically went to where the Bible's been mistranslated, corrupted, kind of like a Mormon in many ways, actually, Mm -hmm. more ways than one. More than we knew. Yes. So I start digging in a little bit more to Jesse Lee Peterson. I don't quite understand like exactly where he's coming from. And I learn more and more as I go along that Jesse Lee Peterson is uh, heretical. Um, And he has a church called the Church of Jesse Lee Peterson, I believe. 
Um, and so he gives sermons, quote-unquote sermons. Um, he is uh, very much in line, and I say it directly to him on this episode, with every false teacher and false prophet um, that you can imagine, even in America. So uh, any of the cults uh, of the last uh, 200 years on even our continent, um, he believes in his own personal revelation. Uh, he dismisses the Bible except where it agrees with him. So he'll quote from the Bible where it's helpful to him, but he denies the authority of Scripture. I want to let you hear from his own mouth uh, what he believes about Jesus and uh, here we go. Because whatever or whomever you believe in will control you. For an example, Jesus said, don't make me a, your God. It's not me, it's the Father that's in me. And when they would carry on about Jesus, he's like, don't do that. Because uh, it's my Father in me, it's not me. And they turned Jesus into a God. They're like, no, you are God. He's like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. And they made him be God. And not understanding, that's blocking you away from God. So he denies the deity of Jesus Christ, obviously denies the Trinity. He doesn't understand historic theology. Uh, that becomes clear in the interview. But this is what Jesse says about the Bible. In that, because we're all blind at some point and need to wake up. So read it and let it be revealed to you. So. Yes. Okay. But not in the head. Mm. If the voice is talking to you about what the Bible is saying, don't pay it into mind, because that's Satan, your father, the devil, interpreting the Bible. But just put it, open it up, read it, whatever, and don't read the whole Bible. Do you know there are people who read the whole Bible? How would you like to be married to a person like that? <laughs> I'd like it. <laughs> and some I don't people even know read what that two means. Or three times. The whole, the whole would you like Bible. to be married to a person who read the Bible two or three times? <laughs> I would. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> what does that even mean, though? Well, can you imagine? Someone read God's whole word, all like of it, two or three times. I mean, like the, all the scripture. Well, but is even Theonos according Goss? to his own standard, like you can read it and put it away. Yeah. So why can you not read the whole? You can read it and put it away, but just make sure you never read the whole thing. Yeah, just not the whole thing, like parts of it. Can you imagine? Most of it even. So that's Jesse Lee Peterson. I learned more about him as I started watching him and listening to him. I want to say at the outset, my desire in this conversation was to show the man who is in the image of God um, enough respect uh, that I point to the common grace in his life and the things that he fights for that are in fact right and just, like when he points to the destruction of the family and fatherlessness in the black community. I meant it when I said it. I would preach that same sermon, okay? That's common grace in his life. He's fighting for some good things. But Jesse Lee Peterson is a heretic. He is a false teacher. He is, um, a he is according to the Christian definition of what a cult is, he is a cult leader. He mm. believes in his own personal revelation. He admits that. He denies the authority of the scriptures. He tells people not to read the whole Bible. Um, he says that you should not trust the Bible, should not believe the Bible. Um, he's very confusing and incoherent at times. He denies the deity of Christ. He teaches a works-based salvation system. Um, and Which so, is what the book, the reason we had him on was he is has a, a book that he's promoting. Mm -hmm. And he promotes faith through works. Mm -hmm. That it, It's like, it's essentially a, 
a doctrine thesis, this book. He doesn't so, have a doctrine. Well, he, so he says. <laughs> right. right. He says he doesn't have a theology, and then he talks about God, and he doesn't have a doctrine, and then he tells you what's true. Right. From Scripture. He doesn't right. understand those things. So here's the thing. Listen, I, I got I to gotta make this very, very clear. Um, some of you might be upset with my treatment of Jesse Lee Peterson. Um, hopefully, if you're a regular listener of Apologia Radio, you would understand enough of the Scriptures to not be upset let me just say, I've just preached a sermon on this the last couple of weeks. When Jesus confronts religious leaders of his day that are leading people astray and away from God's word, he calls them hypocrites. He calls them whitewashed tombs. He says, woe to you. When Jesus handles false teachers, when the apostles handled false teachers, when the Old Testament prophets handled false teachers, they didn't do it in such a way as to um, um, diminish the truth or to muddy the truth. They spoke the truth. Hypocrite, false teacher, the people shipwrecking people's faith. They called them anathema, all sorts of things. Um, and so I think that our handling of a false teacher should reflect the dignity and value and respect that is, is normative for someone who's in the image of God but it should also be honest enough that it uses a serrated edge mm -hmm. and speaks the truth. And so here, I have love for Jesse Lee Peterson and respect for him. I have fun with Jesse Lee Peterson on his show. He's really very nice. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. He's really very yeah. nice. Yeah. Like, Even when you tell him he's nice wrong, man. he's still... Yeah. yeah. I really like this wolf. <laughs> well, and he's willing to talk. Right. He won't, like, walk off. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, here's the thing in terms of if you watch his stuff, just watch just a few of his things. Pull them up. You'll see that he just drags people across the gravel. And at the end, his funny thing is after this really cringy hour-long interview, he says, but did you have fun? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, we wanted to give you this introduction. We've done the interview already. We're going to go ahead and put the whole thing in. It was for Apologia TV and After Show. We just let it just run. Um, so it kind of ends abruptly. So we'll come back with you guys after the episode is over. Uh, pray for those who are listening to Jesse Lee Peterson. Yes. Yeah. My concern is just that. Uh, this morning I listened to a couple of hours of Jesse Lee Peterson uh, before I came in to cut the show today. And let me just say my heart really was broken this morning. Nobody else was up in my house. It's just me in front of the computer and I'm listening to him. And I'm just grieved over Jesse Lee Peterson's um, just leading people astray um, in his church. Um, and so, as is normative for Apologia Church and our work, is we have a very, very um, uh, profound interest uh, in ministering to the cults and those who are lost in non-Christian cults. And this is um, a um, non-Christian cult. It uh, follows right. all of the Christian definitions of a cult. What is that? Look, say, say Joseph Smith, Charles Taze Russell, Rutherford, all of that. It is, according to Christians... Somebody who, a person or an organization who borrows from the Bible, biblical terminology, pretends to stand on as an authority, but ends up distorting the message as they go along. Right. So the same as Joseph Smith, the same as Rutherford and Russell and Edie and all the rest, that is Jesse Lee Peterson. Do I have love for the man? Yes. But is he dangerous and leading people astray? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Without question. And I do hope that in some small way, because I did do some looking around online, and I couldn't see a lot of people actually engaging with um, Jesse Lee Peterson's theology. I couldn't, I couldn't find anything. I thought maybe there'd be plenty by now. Yeah. But not a lot of people engaging with his own theology. I think it's so hard to nail down that mm -hmm. people just constantly are scratching their heads saying, I don't know what you're saying. 
Right, calls himself a Christian, right. and so people just make that assumption. Maybe they hear something weird he says on the radio show, they just don't think much of it. Right. But now that he's actually putting sermons up online from his church, yeah. you can hear quite clearly what he believes in. And so, if Jesse, if you're listening to this, I have respect for you and love for you as a person in the image of God, but I, I hope to God that you find the true and living Christ and you repent of this uh, uh, abhorrent and aberrant theology and false God and false gospel. Um, and uh, anything else? Marcus? No, Luke? I think it's a Agreed. good setup. Marcus, you good? It was fun. Okay. <laughs> it was amazing. All right, guys. So here is Jesse Lee Peterson, Apology TV. Welcome back, everybody, to Apologia TV. My name is Jeff Durbin. They call me the Ninja. That's Luke the Bear. What up? And that's Joy the Girl right there. Hello. Hello. All right. So uh, talking to you guys today from our underground bunker somewhere in Phoenix, Arizona. You guys can get more at ApologiaStudios.com, A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A Studios.com. Go to ApologiaStudios.com. You can get all of the radio programs, podcasts, over 200 of them. Uh, the television show, the after show, Apologia Academy, and uh, sign up for all access when you guys do. You partner with us in this ministry and make all of our content possible. Also want to encourage everybody uh, to go over to Apologia Studios on Facebook or on YouTube, and you guys can check out Season 2 premiere of Next Week with Jeff Durbin. Just had our first guest on, Ben Shapiro. Which was, was awesome. which was pretty awesome. So the Ben Shapiro episode is up right now, guys. Uh, that's a late-night television show, conservative perspective, and uh, that is every Tuesday evening, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Apologia Studios, Facebook Live. So, so Some might say it was a breath of fresh air. Yes, of... of, of, of I didn't even a say it. Fresh right. of breath fresh air. Fresh of breath air. Fresh of, it, yes, yeah. yes. I'm never going to live it down, <laughs> I said to Ben. Well, that's a fresh of breath air. Yeah, I don't know. How that happened. Well, see, when you have 15 minutes with Ben Shapiro, as fast as he's talking, my, my mind's not going fast. as fast as him. Yeah. And so. Well, and see, when you're human, sometimes you don't do everything perfectly. That's right. That's right. So I Believe think, it or not. I think it's okay. That's right. Fresher breath there. Luke, Luke's not going to let it go. He Sorry. won't let it down. No, no. He's going to put that together with my age, almost 40 years old. Yeah. He's going to be like, oh, look, you're mm -hmm. not able to use your brain anymore. How do you like that? So, um, yeah, go check that out, guys. I thought it was a really good and helpful episode. Very important. Obviously, very grateful to have uh, Ben Shapiro on with us from the Daily Wire. So, um, we are actually going to do an interesting show today on mm -hmm. Apologia TV. I have had the opportunity, uh, the blessing to be with uh, Jesse Lee Peterson. Uh, Jesse Lee Peterson's show, he has a show called The Fallen State. I actually watch it all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I know you do. I, I really do because honestly, there are moments where it's just so interesting uh, the way that Jesse will interview people and just really um, get, get, them, get them, I think, out of their comfort zone. And I think especially what we're grateful for is uh, obviously getting the opportunity to be on The Fallen State and, and, and Jesse's shows uh, was good. We were able to get the message of end abortion uh, now out mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But we were very excited to see uh, Dr. Willie Parker, yes. uh, the uh, abortionist, the uh, one of the most prolific serial killers of our day on Jesse Lee Peterson's show, and uh, as I as I get Jesse on, I want to say one of the things that was just awesome was that Willie Parker, who's it's like trying to nail jelly to a uh, jello to a wall. Right. Uh, he he won't come on our show. He he pulled out of a debate that uh, he had agreed to do with us, uh, the University of Alabama. Uh, I couldn't believe that Jesse got him on the yeah. show. And Jesse, kudos. and Jesse, kudos to you. You actually did a great job of really pushing on Dr. Willie Parker. And so, welcome to the show, Jesse Lee Peterson. 
Oh, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. And thank you for having me on. And let me say hello to Joy and Luke as well. Thank you guys for having me on. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. All right, Jesse. So um, I, I just want to just for a minute, maybe talk about that. So you had Dr. Willie Parker. I got to ask you, how in the world yes. did you do that? Because the fact that he sat down <laughs> in your chair and was willing to get peppered with those questions, that was amazing. It's amazing, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, I have to give all the credit to my producer, Kelly. And somehow or another, she convinced him to come on. He came on. Um, I wasn't surprised that he wouldn't be honest in answering the questions because a lot of time when people are doing wrong like that, they know that they're wrong. And so they won't be as honest about answering those questions. But I wanted to get him out there so that the people who believe in what he's doing can hopefully see that he's wrong. And maybe that would change their minds about abortion uh, as well. Yeah. So it was I totally and 100 percent enjoyed talking to him and but not really surprised at his reactions. No, no, no. Me, me either. And, and, I, and I just want to say um, uh, I, I enjoy watching your stuff uh, so often. And, and, and obviously you and I would have some disagreements with each other. But I just want to tell you that I am grateful that uh, you held his feet to the fire yes. and you really pushed on him. I, I just I really want, hopefully this is a blessing to you. Um, Dr. Willie Parker finds ways to avoid um, critical examination of what he does and uh, to yes. put himself in a situation like he, he was with you was uh, just really amazing. And so I, I am really grateful that you did that. And I'm really grateful <laughs> that you did it in a way where you you just did the typical Jesse Lee Peterson. Uh, you just you don't let him go without forcing him to answer. And so I, I just want to tell well, you, you that. You know, we go ahead. as children of, of God, uh, of the truth, we have a responsibility to expose the children of the lie. I think that one big mistake, not I think, but one big mistake that Christians have made is that they have allowed the children of the lie to deceive, to lie, to come up with words to control us with, to do work overtime to present, prevent the truth from getting out there, out there. And that's why we lost so many young people of all races. And so we got to start exposing these people with the truth in hopes that we can start to wake up some of the young folks and bring them back or point the way back to God. We can no longer afford because afford to allow this to happen because the light, the truth is more powerful than the lie. We just have to start getting the lie out there and don't worry about what the children of the lie think about us. Well, that is one of the things that I, I do appreciate about your show and, and a lot of the interviews that you do is that you are very, very bold with um, with your position. And so I am grateful for that. And it is a breath of fresh air mm. in this current uh, <laughs> well, cultural well climate that we're in, um, yeah. in terms of people just being very, very soft, not willing to say the hard things and just not willing to even, you know, if we have disagreements, lovingly confront one another with the truth. Right. Um, and yeah. so I'm grateful for that. So, OK, so about a minute and a half left here in this segment, Jesse, uh, you, you wrote a new book and it's called The Antidote, Healing America from the Poison of Hate, Blame and Victimhood. About a minute left here. Just give us an introduction to that book and why you wrote it. Well, one thing that it does, the antidote does, it proves that racism does not exist. It has never existed. It's another lie that's made up by the children of the lie in order to keep black Americans angry and white Americans in fear so that they can gain power and wealth, divide and conquer. The, the problem in the black communities, community and the black family due to the lack of 
uh, family, the destruction of the family and the like of more character. And when you read the book, you're going to see that the people in the book that I write about, Michael Brown, uh, Trayvon Martin, Barack Obama, Louis Farrakhan, Jesse Jackson, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, and all those guys, the one thing that they all had in common is that they had no fathers. And whenever you're not raised by your father, you're not close to your father, whether you're a man or a woman, you are turned away from God. And until you turn back to your earthly father, you would never have a relationship with God. Hmm, interesting. All right, guys. So Jesse Lee Peterson, again, his show, The Fallen State, very interesting. And uh, he has an organization called Bonds and uh, his, he has his radio program really heard across the nation. You've seen him on many of the major news networks. We're going to take a quick break and come right back. Jesse Lee Peterson right here on Apologia TV. Welcome back, everybody, to Apologia TV. I'm Jeff the Ninja. That's Luke the Bear. Joy the Girl. You guys are watching this right now, um, probably on the NRB Network or across them internets. And welcome to Apologia TV. Uh, again, point you guys to ApologiaStudios.com, where you guys can go get more content. And once again, point you over to our season premiere of Next Week with Jeff Durbin uh, over at Apologia Studios on Facebook or on YouTube. You can watch our first episode of Season 2 with Ben Shapiro from The Daily Wire. On today with Jesse Lee Peterson. Um, got a chance to be with Jesse on his show, mm -hmm. actually... From here in Arizona, I called into his show, and we were able to go actually to his set, his studio uh, in uh, in L.A., mm -hmm. and uh, spend some time with Jesse there. So we're talking about his new book called The Antidote, Healing America from the Poison of Hate, Blame, and Victimhood. So one of the things that I think people find compelling about you, Jesse, and it, and, and it is interesting in the climate that we live today, the culture that we live today, is that you're a black man, and you you actually you don't follow the typical party line of what people are in the media today in terms of people who are uh, who, people who are black or really minorities in terms of uh, the blaming, the victimization, the, uh, the, the racism, and just really amplifying those problems. You go the other direction and you seem to just really, in some people's minds, be dismissive of that problem. So <laughs> in, in the, boat, the book, The Antidote, you're addressing some of that, some of this stuff. Can you just tell us a little bit more about it? Well, you know, when I was in the fallen state, I had anger. I resented my mother who tried to turn me away from my father. And as I said, the worst thing that can happen to boys and girls is to turn them away from their fathers, earthly fathers, because when you do, you turn them away from God. What most people don't realize, even Christians don't realize, there is a spiritual order to life. And that order is God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman and woman over children. And the man represent Christ on earth. He is the Christ on earth. And he get his orders, he get his orders from Christ who get his from God. And the woman gets hers from her husband. Uh, up until that, she gets it from her father. And when you turn, when, when the man is not there for the woman and children, then hell takes over and hell controls the woman and children because that spiritual order of the man being there has been broken. So she has no spiritual protection, even as a child growing up. And so we're trying to restore that order. And when I was in that fallen state, resenting my father, even though I was going to church, I would read the Bible, I was hooping and hollering, I was paying tithes and offering, I did not have a relationship with God because I didn't have that relationship with my father, my earthly father. But when, I, when God allowed me to see that that was the problem, I went and forgave my mother who tried to turn me away from him. And as you know, whomever you're, re, you're angry at, because anger is resentment, it, is hatred, 
It's the same spirit. So you become like whomever you're angry at. You lose your identity and take on their personality, their identity. And I have become just like my mother in, in that I was emotional. I was angry. I had fear. I had doubt. I had worries. I didn't have faith to live my life because I had her identity. But when I went and apologized to her for resenting her, and that's what forgiveness is, God forgave me. And he took her identity away and gave me back my identity, which is of him. Then I went to my father and forgave him for not being there to protect me from my mother. And when I forgave my father, it was over with. I, through my earthly father, I went back to God. And I, now I'm in his, operating from his nature, the nature that I had as a kid before I resented my mother. And if you look at angry men, and angry women, they're not themselves. They're their mothers and don't realize it. And they have been told that they resent their fathers. And that's what most mothers do. They don't take responsibility for what they do to their children. They blame it on the man because it's hard for women to accept that they're wrong in that ego state. They always point at the children or they point it to someone else. But when you forgive them, God will forgive you and you can become yourself again. And in the book I write about, for example, Barack Obama. If you notice, Barack Obama is an evil man. He hate good. He hate God. He hate Christians. He hate Jews. He hated the order of things, and when he became the president, he tried to destroy every aspect of the goodness of the family, of the country. He tried to turn our country away from being a Judeo-Christian nation because Barack Obama hated his mother. His mother hated being white, and she turned Obama against white people. His father was not around. His father lived in Africa somewhere, and whenever his father came to Hawaii, and he did come once for sure, he, uh, his father spoke to Obama's class, and Obama's like eight, in the eighth grade or something like that, and he told, his father told the class that America is a racist society, that white people holding black people back, and in Africa, uh, white people are racist. And so not only did Barack Obama resent his mother, but he also resented his father, resented his father because his father was evil as well. And so Barack has no love in his heart because he doesn't love his father, and as a result, he doesn't love God. Michael, uh, Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown, they were two thugs. And the reason that they were thugs because their family, their parents were no good. Um, uh, Michael Brown parents uh, were not together. They at some point they left, and when Michael Brown's father tried to go and get him to visit with his son, the mother made it so impossible for his father to get him that he had to eventually send someone else over there to pick up his son. And then Michael Brown eventually went to stay with his father, but his father's life was out of control as well, so he couldn't stay there. And by the time he went to live with his grandmother, he's so big and older that the grandmother couldn't handle that. And so Michael grew up without any love at all, because if you don't get the natural love of God from your parents first, then you grow up empty. And so Michael became a thug. A street thug. And, we, and that's why he ended up robbing the store. He ended up attacking cops. And Michael Brown is dead today due to the destruction of his family and the lack of love. And Michael Brown looking for love in all the wrong places. Same, same thing with Trayvon Martin. Parents no good. They weren't together. Uh, and so, and instead of admitting that, 
They blame it on the white man. They blame it on racism. And there's no such thing as racism. It's the destruction of the family and the lack of moral character. And I point character and I point that out in the in the book, The Antidote. And in that fallen state, you tend to blame everybody else for your problems rather than admitting that you are wrong, confessing your sins. Because when you admit that you are wrong for playing God, then God will come and heal you. He will forgive you. Well, that's because what, yeah. you Go ahead. That's actually, I, I, I think, two important points there to talk about is the first thing, and, and what I, I can't appreciate about the things that you say is that you do point to uh, the need to for a personal confession, for the reality of what we're doing wrong, the breakdown of the human family, relationships. I, I think fatherlessness, and you and I talked about this on your show when I was on with you, fatherlessness is mm-hmm. the major problem. I would agree with you that, uh, that a lot of the brokenness that's, that's seen in the black community really nationally is directly linked to fatherlessness in, in, the, um, in the black community. I think, uh, what is yes. it, uh, uh, about 70% of uh, black children today are born um, are really without a father mm-hmm. in, in the home. It's more than that, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, there was an article in the uh, Washington Examiner recently, and it said that black women who were born in America, 77% of their children are born out of wedlocks. Right. 77%. Just mm-hmm. imagine what that's going to be like. Right. Yeah. And so that's the that's the breakdown. And I, I think that's why I do appreciate so much of what you point to when you come into conflict with radical social justice warriors, Marxists, socialists, uh, people on the left today is that you point to the need for personal responsibility. And you point, I think, many times to the right thing. So the question that I think I would like to, to point to, and we're wrapping up this segment here, is you, you point a lot to uh, the roles of fathers, the, the, the role of personal responsibility. You talk about the fallen state. Um, and and I, I have only really re- fairly recently gotten a chance to get to know you. And so I've really appreciated so much what I've seen. But I think the question probably a lot of uh, our listeners would like to know about is when you talk about foundations like in the antidote, what is the foundation in terms of, of moral complaints? As I would say, from our perspective, we would say that the foundation is the Bible, the biblical worldview, God's word. And we're launching from there to see that fatherlessness is a problem, that uh, personal responsibility is important. And so you talk about um, exposing them with the truth. And so I'd like to next segment talk about um, how you feel about that. What is the truth? What's your starting point? Is it... Like the left, is it personal preference? Is it something internal, their emotions? Or for you, is it the Bible? Is, it, is that your basic worldview where you're launching this from? So Jesse Lee Peterson, guys, Fallen State and Bond. Uh, check him out over there, guys, and stay with us. Be right back. All right, eight minutes, guys, and Carmen, ready? Five, four, three... Welcome back, everybody, to Apologia TV. Colliding now, actually hooking up with the fallen state, Jesse Lee Peterson. That's Luke the Bear. What's up? Joy the Girl. Hey. Talking about uh, Jesse's new book, The Antidote, Healing America from the Poison of Hate, Blame, and Victimhood. So, Jesse, we finished our last segment there talking about uh, just a lot of things you're saying that just really resonate with us. You talk about exposing them with the truth, and you talk about um, so many things, a, Ju- a Judeo-Christian nation, from your perspective and in terms of where you're starting from with the antidote, what, what's your, your fundamental thing you're standing on? Is it the Bible? 
Well, the Bible is a roadmap back to the kingdom of heaven within us. The word of God, the word in the Bible is the word from God, you know, inspired by men from God. And he tells us that the kingdom of heaven is within. And uh, unless you repent and be born again, you're not going to enter into that kingdom of heaven within. And in that kingdom, you're guided. Once you return to the father within, you're guided by the truth. It's written upon your heart. And the Bible talks about that. And so what we have to do first is to admit that we are wrong. And anyone who, uh, you know, resent their fellow man, who, anyone who judge uh, uh, with anger, because there's a, a discernment, a righteous anger, which is that does not have emotions and anger involved in it. But anyone who are angry and judged with anger, you are playing God. And when you play God, you should never know God. You should know the truth. You should never know the true God. And so the Bible tells us that before we enter into the kingdom of heaven, we must forgive. Because you're not going to uh, enter into the kingdom of heaven with an unforgiving heart. Because all people... All people, I don't care if they read the Bible or not, if they're atheists or Christians, but if you have one iota of anger in your heart, then you are the son or daughter of Satan. Interesting. Because it is Satan. It is Satan nature to have hatred and, you know, to be angry. And Satan is playing God. And so you're doing it as your father, the devil does, is playing God. Well, like that, well, I like you the, can I like realize. The, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. But we, and I'll make it short. So yeah. when you can realize that you are playing God by being angry and judgmental of yourself and others, you realize that's wrong. You're not God. And in that very moment, God will forgive you and he'll take that away from you and he'll draw you into the kingdom of heaven. Within, then you start to be guided by the Holy Spirit. You are guided by what is right, not what you think. Not what you feel, but the light that's within you. you. You are now able to see, whereas when you have that anger, you could not see. Okay. So a lot of terminology, Jesus, Holy Spirit, born again. So I like to, I know a lot of our listeners probably have this question here, Jesse, if you can respond to this. This is uh, from a message you have. If you believe in the Bible, it would get in the way between you and God. Yes, because so real fat, real fat, God, God is in your heart and not from somebody else or a book. But the Bible is a good book to read. I'm not saying don't read it. Just don't believe in it. Only believe in God. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. You read the Bible, Joel? Mm -hmm. You read the Bible? Mm -hmm. I can't hear you. Yeah. Uh, you say, uh-huh, uh, -huh, uh. <laughs> yes. You do read it? Yes. And, and who taught you to believe in it? So that was, a, I think, a good uh, point to talk about. Can you explain what you mean by that? By read the Bible but don't believe in it? There is nowhere in the scriptures where it says believe in the Bible. It says to have faith in God. You should only have faith in God. And so the, that's why the Bible is uh, pointing us back to the Father so that we can have faith in him. And that is so important. And, you know, this is if you get to know yourself and watch others, you will see that. People, all people who believe in the Bible does not believe in God. They believe about God. It's like reading the book about Martin Luther King Jr. or the presidents or whomever. You believe about them, but you're not believing in them, right? But so, but with, the, with God, if you believe in the Bible or you believe in another man or woman, if you believe in your whatever, then you don't have faith in God. And the proof is you don't have peace in your heart because once you believe in the Father, he will guide you. And the first thing that he does, he gives you perfect peace 
within. And then he allows you to see. And so when situations come, whether you agree with those situations, when temptation come, you're able to resist the temptation by not overreacting to the temptation. And every time you don't react, you, be, you grow stronger in the Father. You grow stronger in God. But if you notice, people who believe in the Bible, because their faith is in the wrong thing, they re overreact to the challenges around them. Interesting. They overreact to temptations. They cannot resist the temptation because they don't have the, the, the strength of God operating through them to overcome the temptation. Well, let's we talk should about love that. God. We should love God with all our heart, soul, and might along with nothing else. Right. And so if you stop at the Bible, that's it. Well, yeah. So I think um, you, that quotation in that text there from Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses verse 4 and onward, Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's from the scriptures. But if I were to push on you with this, Jesse, if you say don't believe the Bible, that means trust. Believe means trust. So you're saying don't trust the Bible. Um, why would you quote that text? Why, why quote that passage if you're telling people not to trust the Bible? The one about loving God with all your heart, soul, and might. Yeah, because if I if I bite down on what you say, if I say, okay, Jesse, I'll, well, I'll I'll believe what you say. Don't don't believe the Bible. Don't trust the Bible. And then you quoted a Bible verse, but you've already taken that away from me. Now oh, I, I don't I trust that said, because because you know, like when I read the scriptures, I'm not sitting there doubting the scriptures. I'm not sitting there not believing or believing. I'm reading this instruction, and it's telling me where to look. Here's what happens when people don't do this, and here's what happens to those who do. Uh, when it, so it says that, love God with all your heart, soul, and might, along with nothing else. So I want to know, well, how do I do that, you know? Should I trust and that? So, uh, should we, I believe that? I'm sorry? Should I believe that about the Bible? Should I believe that passage? You should, neither, you should neither believe it or doubt it. Because what happens when you don't believe it or doubt it, then it will be revealed to you what it means. But when you believe it by who? Uh, with your mind, with your mind, with your intellect, you open it up uh, the door for Satan to interpret to you what it means. And so you're going to believe because you have to realize so we're not to love God with our mind then because you said don't use your intellect. So we don't love him with our mind. Right. Because the, the mind is not, you know, the Bible says, and here I go again, but the Bible says that our thoughts are not our own. We don't create thoughts. We, have, we don't know where they come from or where they go. Because what people don't realize, the voices that they hear in their head, the voice that interpret the Bible is not the voice of God. God's voice is a voiceless voice. It's a revelation. And the voice that you hear in your head interpret the Bible, reminding you of the past, uh, giving you the false illusion of the future is Satan playing God. And we, when we are in that fallen state, we are guided by that voice. And if you notice, it's only set you up. It builds you up to let you down. It builds you up. It never set you free. But when we are able to overcome that voice and return to the voice of God, Where's that's the voice when you're of God? guided and you have peace. Well, that'd be a question I have for you. Where is the voice of God? Because on the one hand, you're saying, don't believe the Bible. Don't let it be intellectual in your mind. Um, but where, where is the voice of God? Because 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17 says, All scripture 
is breathed out by God, profitable for doctrine, for correction, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so that's all of Scripture. That would include, of course, both the Old and New Testament. When Jesus was confronting the religious leaders of his day, he said, have you not read? And he quoted the Old Testament and what was spoken to you by God. So he equated the reading of Scripture with God speaking. So I guess what I'm trying to understand here, Jesse, because I like so much of what you say, um, is on the one hand, I'm told, don't believe the Bible, don't allow it to be intellectual. But on the other hand, we're quoting scripture. You're talking about the Holy Spirit being born again. I'm just, I'm just curious about that because I'll give you one other example here, just confusion. At some point, I need to wake up. So read it and let it be revealed to you. So. Yes. Okay. But not in the head. Mm. If the voice is talking to you about what the Bible is saying, don't pay it into mind because that's Satan, your father, the devil, interpreting the Bible. Can you explain that, Jesse? Well, the proof is in the pudding. You can pay attention. Just think about and I, and, I, and I'll get to another point, but think about it, Jeff. Think about the men and women you know, or even family members you know who are really into the Bible. They go yeah. to church. They quote scripture. Look how mean and nasty they are. Look how insecure they are. I don't know Look anybody how like that. Si- Look how they are still looking for love. Look, they they don't have peace within because they have the words the, from the Bible, but they don't have the spirit. Ah, they have not okay. been born. They have not been born of the spirit of God and His spirit, which is. Uh, uh, which uh, our spirit connects to, and then we start living again from that. As children, we had it, but due to the trauma of the parents, you know, you, you, the Bible says that we we're born in sin, meaning yes. that we we're born in screwed up homes where fathers and mothers are out of order. And so they, with the pressure that comes from the parent, and most of the time it's from the mother, she traumatizes you by causing you to become angry. And the moment you become angry at your mother, you, it causes you to forget your relationship with God. And then you start to wake up to the same spirit as in your mother. And now you have to learn from the outside. You have to wait for someone to teach you. You have to go to the preachers to get answers. The mother's always answering questions for you. It's in the way because you've lost your innocence. You've lost the way with God. Jesse, did but you just you say, just, give, so I, just you, for clarification, did you just say that being born in sin in Scripture means you're born in a screwed up home? No, you know how it says that we're all born in sin? Right, as descendants of Adam, yes. Original sin. Right. Fallen, yeah. But, but the state. sin that we're born into, it's the, it's the sin of our father and mother. When we're born into families where they are out of order with God as well, then that that's in them corrupt the innocence that's in the children. And so you think, okay, so, okay, just to understand your theology here, you think that people are born in themselves without sin, but the sin in the family corrupts the child? Uh, children are born innocent. Ah, so you would disagree innocent, with you would disagree with Paul but, in, in Romans five. I'm sorry? So you would disagree you would have a, dis, a, a disagreement with the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter five where he says all of us um, in Adam we all die, that there's spiritual death uh, connected to everybody who's born as a descendant of Adam. You think children are born um, innocent without sin. No, with Adam, we all died, but with Christ, we came alive again. Through faith in Christ him, yes. Christ came. For, by one son uh, disobedient, we died. That's but Adam. The, and by another son obedience, we came back alive, back to uh, uh, back alive again. And that's all Christ, through all who have faith in Christ, Jesus get that, yes. 
yeah, yeah. Christ corrected what Adam did. So and you so, think, uh, so in terms of theology, because so right I'm trying to understand, that. I'm trying to understand where you're coming from. You think in terms of theology, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, you think that all children post Christ are born innocent? Children who, right, they are born innocent, but they're, unless, you know, unless they're born through a mother who is angry about being pregnant, or she's angry at the man that impregnated her, or she has not forgiven her father and mother, and she that angry spirit is dwelling in her while the child is there, that still can corrupt the spirit of the child because child, children are subject to the parents. But if, the, if a child is born through a mother who love was right, she doesn't hate her father or her, or her husband, then the kid is born innocent, but they can be corrupt if the parents are not. How do you know? Parents. How do you know this, Jesse? How do you know any of this? Where'd you get this from? Well, God allows me to see mm. as He does all of His children who believe in Him. The problem is. So, private, you, so you're saying, not, and this this will help me, Jesse. So maybe you can expatiate on this. So what you're saying is that. From your perspective, your theology, and when you teach at a church with Jesse Lee Peterson, this is coming from private revelation from you. This isn't from Scripture. It's right. private, private revelation. Right. Very similar to Joseph Smith, Charles Taze Russell. You, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's very, I'm saying very similar in terms of perspective, uh, perspective with, like, say, like a someone like Joseph Smith or Charles Taze Russell. This is private revelation, not based upon God's word of divine revelation. Well, I, I don't know those people, and then I don't have a theology. I just know that when God allowed me to see, and I have been going to church, even as a young uh, young teenager, I, quote unquote, going down to the front of the church, confessed Jesus, Lord and Savior, but I had no peace. Okay. Um, and, and I just know at the age of 38, when I asked God to allow me to see what was wrong, because going to church and praying and doing all that wasn't doing it. Mm -hmm. And I have read in the scripture that if you believe in God, you should have peace, right. perfect peace. That's right, through Christ, And yes. so I, I asked God to let me see what was wrong with me, and he allowed me to see this dark spirit inside of me, and he allowed me to see that that came from me resenting my parents, and that if I should forgive them, he would forgive me. And, and I, you know, I had no idea what was going to happen. And when I went and apologized to my mother for holding grudges against her for what she had done, I realized that she was wrong, and I went to my father, earthly father, and forgave him for not being there for me. God forgave me, and that conflict that I had, the darkness that I had, the insecurities, the suicidal thoughts, or whatever going mm. on, he took all that away from me, and that was like 39 years ago now. He took that away from me, and I have perfect peace. Did he you say 39? In a way. Did you say 39 I, years ago? In a way that I had not seen before. I didn't know you could see this way. <laughs> did I you, forgot. Did you say 39 years ago, Jesse? How old are you? I am. Uh, I'm, how old am I? I'm 68. <laughs> <I think. laughs> no way. You do not <laughs> yeah. look 68. Well, you're, you you have a lot of energy, man, and a lot. It, it's actually that's impressive. Well, I just so in terms of. Well, I have one more question, and I know Joy wants to say. Well, you know, Joy, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I just have a question. I just want to make it clear for myself and people who are watching yeah um do you, so when you forgave your mother and your father did you become saved or was that a part of your sanctification um if you when you say save if you mean returning to god then yes i was able to 
because God is not going to draw imperfect people into the kingdom of heaven. Before you enter into the kingdom, you must forgive because that's the spirit or the nature of Satan. So when he, when I forgave them, he forgave me and he took that darkness away from me and drew me back into him. So now I'm back home with the father and the father's guiding me. So, if, yes, uh, and that's what Christian mean about saved. And yes. So and, and, I, and I don't have a doctrine. I, I just know that you need to return to the father, be born again. That's a doctrine, by the way. Yeah. But, so you, you uh, okay. can. So you were saved before or you weren't able to no. be saved before you reconciled with your parents. I were not saved before. I had the same conflict, insecurities, anger that all the other Christians have. But it wasn't until I forgave that he forgave me and, and drew me back in. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of where exactly I want to go from here. Do you think, so okay. you think forgiveness is necessary to salvation? It's not a command from God so and in terms of in, in order to be saved, I have to do this action. Right. 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 So, um, for example, I don't know my biological father. Do I need to find him in or and forgive him, or in order to be saved? Uh, that's a very good question, and it's not just the forgiveness itself, but what it is. Angry people are playing God. And so the sin is man or woman playing God. And whenever okay. and playing God is when you're judging yourself and other people, when you're making decisions about what you think you want or that you know, when you are, you know, you are playing God. And when you play God, uh, uh, then you should never know God. Satan is your God. So as far as your father, let's say you can't find him, but if you can get to know yourself and you can see that you're out of control, that you're up and down emotionally and mentally, that you have fear and you have doubt, you have those issues in life that you cannot handle, and you wouldn't want your children to resent you for that, uh, something that is out of control, you have no control over. Likewise, it will help you to understand that your father couldn't help himself, whatever it was, he couldn't help himself. He didn't make a baby just to leave it. And so if you wouldn't want someone to hate you for stuff you can't handle, it will help you to see that your father couldn't help himself, and that will cause you to forgive him. And when you forgive him, by getting to know yourself, then God will forgive you and you will no longer be this judgmental person playing God. You will become a daughter of God and his love will guide you. And I do want to urge you not to believe one iota of what your mother or anyone else had to say about your father because angry people are not going to tell you the truth about the fellow man. Mm. Well, so if, you don't know what, if you don't know what happened for sure, just leave it alone. No, I mean, I, kn I know plenty of things about my biological father. Um, I would think my focus would be more on my heavenly father, as you said. Um, but if you to, don't love your earthly father, you're never going to love your earthly father. You know who your father is? Jesse. I, I know his name, my earthly father's name. Do you know name. how to find him? I have an adopted father. I have a stepfather. I have, like, 
So many fathers. Plethora. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. Okay, well, so so the thing is, is that... Do I you am, know who, how to find your earth, your real father? No. Um, oh. And the thing is, is that I have forgiveness apart from forgiving him. The reason I forgive my biological father is because it's a command of obedience to God. Um, and I get that from the scripture, which mm. is God's word. So I can... How do you know you have forgiven him? Because I have. <laughs> How do you know? I, I said I have decided in my heart. I've made... I'm in covenant with God. And I have... Um, I have asked forgiveness for the times when I've been unforgiving to my biological father. And I have turned from a life of unforgiveness towards him. And I think that with the emphasis that we... Well, you're still not telling me how you know you have forgiven your father. You just quoted scriptures to me. No, how actually do you I wasn't. Know? I'm not quoting scripture right now. That Because once you forgive your father, you, it's simple and you know it without a doubt. It's right. something well, that's take what place I just told you. Life. I just told you that I know I have. So how? You just said that all I have to do is know that I have. And then when I tell you I have... I know that I have. And I think the emphasis we're making here, Jesse, yeah. is, is that the question do, that we have is, do you have, is salvation do, uh, dependent upon... Joy, do you have anger? Um, about my biological father? No. Do no, I have anger, do do I have ha anger do in my... Do you have anger inside of you, period? Not just about your father. Do, do you I have anger? If I Yes, I experience anger. Um, and I well, believe do you that have not forgiven your father or mother? Well, except that God also has anger. It says in the scriptures joy. Joy, that God you judges the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. It says God is <laughs> anger, angry with the wicked every day. So, Joy, well, you so, have not if you have anger, you have not forgiven. And as a result of that, God how do you know has that, not Jesse? forgiven so, you. Jesse, how do you know that? Where does that say that in the Bible? Is that Jesse Peterson's private right. revelation or is that from the scriptures? Show right. me the... Show me the word from God that says, if I struggle with anger, that, that means I haven't forgiven my father. Show me where. God's anger is not the anger of human beings. It's not the same anger So we would agree. It's a holy right. indignation yeah. of anger. Yeah. Human being anger is based on emotions. God's anger is based on non-emotion. You cannot, you don't have the anger that Christ had. You have the anger in the fallen state, which is of your father, the devil. Because real anger, the righteous anger, has no emotions attached to it at all. As a matter of fact, when, you, when someone do you wrong in righteous anger, you pray for that person. You have no personal grudge at all to want your enemies. So, okay, the thing, the point that I was kind of trying to bring us around to is that, so the antidote, you wrote a book called The Antidote, and the antidote is that, well, the, the poison is that people have anger towards mother and father, um, and the antidote would be to forgive mother and father. Yes, especially father, but both. And that's how healing occurs. Yes, not through salvation, through being chosen chosen by God, or so it's not through like faith that. in Christ and His work. Right. You're saying it's through something we do. 
But, but the only thing you're doing is admitting that you're wrong and what you're calling salvation is healing, but it's healing of the spirit. Because what happens, we could be physically traumatized and the body, the physical body will heal, but the spirit will not until you forgive so that God can forgive you and heal your spirit with his love. And, and so and we are a spirit. We are not a physical. We are a spirit inside of a uh, a space suit. I saw this, this uh, the rocket launch the other day, and they had uh, this guy sitting in a car, and it, well, it wasn't a guy, but a space suit. Right. Well, right. we live in a space suit so that we can roam around the earth, but our true self is a spirit created in the image of the Father, God. Mm. And so when you forgive, then he brings that little piece of you who is him, his nature, back to him, and then you start to live Again, and that's what salvation is is about. Oh, I, I I would assume that if we're talking from a Christian perspective and using the scripture, salvation, eternal life, is a gift from God through faith in Jesus because He died and took away our sin and rose from the dead. You're saying that it's it's really it's about something else, not the work of Christ, but something about us healing our inward part through an act of forgiveness or obedience in some sense. So really, we pull ourselves out of the fallen state. Is your argument? Right. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Okay. And as a matter of fact, most people believe that Christ died and rose again, but they don't they only believe it because they read it or someone said it. They the don't see it for themselves. Okay. And the because they don't see it for themselves, it, their foundation is not the foundation that God is building his house on. You have to see it for yourself. The, and the when you see Jesus. it it's because he reveals it to you. And most people are not getting it from God. They get it from reading the Bible or they get it from another another human being. Okay, I got that, you. So you're, you're saying, uh, no, I think I'm understanding what you're saying. You're saying this has to be a, a personal revelation from the Spirit of God, correct? Yes. Okay, well, the, Peter says that, that Scripture and came about because holy men of God spoke as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the Bible says that the origin of Scripture is the Spirit of God. And so how would the revelation that I'm getting personally be different from the revelation of the Spirit of God that he says he put in Scripture? But the same Spirit that reveals the truth to Peter and all those guys is inside of you, and he would reveal it to you too. Right. And no, we, we would agree with that. Peter except, and except, those guys, Peter and those guys were a witness to what is inside of us too. They were witnesses to it. They didn't because they didn't mean for you to just hook on to what they said. They would tell you that, hey, I got this revelation from God. Here's what's going on. And the same God that dwells in me dwells in you. And so they didn't want you to worship them and just hold on to their writings. They wanted you to be inspired by the same God that inspired them. So the question, so this is a good point to talk about. I think it's a really important one is if we're talking about the spirit of God and dwelling believers and the spirit of God that breathed out the revelation in scripture the way to test whether somebody's revelation is from God is to see if what they're saying is consistent with Scripture, correct? So, so for example, Jesse, there are people who believe that Jesus Christ was a space alien. Uh, there are people who believe that Jesus is Satan's brother. There are people like Muslims believe that Jesus is not the Son of God, that he did not die on a cross, and he didn't rise from the dead. Now, they're saying they got that personal revelation just like you say you got your revelation. The question is, how do we test somebody's private revelation? So one example of just maybe, this will maybe help in terms of springboard. Taught to believe in the Bible 
And the Bible is not the word of God. It's the word from God. And the word of God is written in our hearts. And once we enter into that kingdom within, we are guided by the truth within us. For example, the, the preacher asked me during the debate, well, what would... So, uh, there's actually, that's not the clip I was actually looking for there. Um, but there's that a sounded clip good to me. Where you um, actually, t in terms um, of talking about Jesus, I'm sorry, I got the wrong clip pulled up there. You're talking about Jesus. You say the Spirit of God is indwelling you. Uh, but my question is, you, I just discovered you don't believe that Jesus is God? Well, I was going to ask. Uh, Jesus is the Son of God. And he made that quite clear. He's not God. He is the son of God. It's his father who sent him. His father, he are one. Just as now that I've forgiven my earthly father, mm -hmm. my earthly father and I became as one. And so which allowed me to believe in God and now I'm one with God. So you, would uh, you would disagree with saying there's a number of There's pastors. nowhere in the Bible where it says Jesus is God. Sure. I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you two to shoot at, okay? Isaiah nine, yeah. six through seven says, For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God. The Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace. Uh, another one would be John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. There's two texts. I can give you a dozen more, but there's two texts that say that Jesus Christ is the eternal God, has always existed as God. Jesus received worship. Jesus forgave sins, which is a prerogative of God alone. Uh, Thomas falls down before Jesus and says, Halkyrios mu, Haltheos mu, my Lord and my God, and Jesus received that worship. Jesus is called the first and the last, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's referred to as Yahweh on the throne in John chapter 12. So the Bible explicitly says that Jesus Christ is God and he receives worship. And you and I, I think, would both agree there's only one God. What you're doing is you are gathering the knowledge of good and evil and intellectually using that. And the knowledge of good and evil is the problem. It's a sin. The well, you said there was nowhere in the Bible that said that Jesus, Jesus is God. Jesus made it clear. Jesus made it clear that he and his father are one. His father sent him. Yeah, they are. And Jesus made it clear that why do you worship me when it's not me who is doing the work, but my father that is within me? He does the, he do, he does the work. And the same well, with actually, us you as human beings, when we return to the father, it, we, we drop our ego, overcome it, and we realize we have never been in charge. We've never had anything to do with anything. It's the father that's in us. He is doing the work. But egotistical people who have the knowledge of good and evil think that they are in control and they're not. I'm sorry that you, you know, that you really into the scriptures like that because you've been deceived by it. So you, I know this is one of the things that's interesting because we agree with a lot of the things that you say, Jesse. But one of the concerning things on a theological level is just your departure from historic, orthodox, confessional, creedal, New Testament but see, what does all that mean? Those are just a bunch of words you're using. Well, I'll just say it this way. Why I'll, I'll, I'll give that, it to you clearer. So why that it's is not... it that Jesus didn't like the fact that he didn't want people 
worshiping him. Oh, he sure does. He, uh, he, uh, that's, this is inaccurate. I think, Jesse, no. you just need to read whenever the Bible. Whenever Jesus... I'll give you the verse. Praise, uh, let read Revelation chapter 4 make this, hey, and 5. Hey, before you quote a scripture, hold on. Whenever people praise him for the work that he did, healing and all that, yes. he said, no, 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 it's not me, it's my Father in mm -hmm. me because that as, is doing the work. Because as our perfect substitute, as the God-man, our representative, he is living a righteous and obedient uh, life, uh, the the image and of God was, that we were supposed of to be. because his father. Well, I know, exactly. And so Jesus is, according to Philippians chapter 2, humbling himself to the obedience of death. He, he was in the form of God, Philippians 2 says, and did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped or held onto, but he emptied himself. That's the life of the perfect image of God, the God-man, our representative. But just a point, I think, that's that to pull up there, Jesus receives worship in the Bible. Daniel chapter 7, at the throne of God, the thrones are there, Jesus is being worshipped. Read Revelation chapters 4 and 5, Jesus is receiving proskuneo, that's worship before the throne of God. The angels are worshipping him, those who are before the throne are worshipping him as God. Jesus receives worship in the New Testament. And I gave you, a, I think, an important text, and many more can be shown, including our great God and Savior, Jesus well, Christ. Well, let me do this. Let me do this. Uh, I love Jesus. He's my brother. I, I, I'm, he's powerful. He's holy. He's all those good things. But the one thing I do realize, you're not going to convince intellectual people that Jesus was the Son. And I don't even want to go there, because if I convince you of it, and you believe it, you only believe it because I said no, it. I believe what he's I the son, but he's also Yahweh. What I would Yahweh. recommend is that you, you, you read the Bible, quote the scripture, learn the scripture, but I guarantee you, you're never going to have peace on earth. <laughs> I have within, peace. And you're never going to know God. I because have peace you, with God and I know him, You're intellectually caught up with the word, and it's just feeding your ego. Well, I think, and Jesse, I guarantee you... Uh, in your life, your family lives are going to be messed up. Your children are going to be unhappy. Your wife won't. I don't know if you're married or not, but I am. for people like that, your wife not going to be happy because you will not be the head of your wife. I am the head of your wife. You just have the intellectual yeah. knowledge of it. Jesse, I think the spirit what, what, of it. So you don't that, have the power yeah. to really be the head of your wife and lead her and guide her because you won't have that peace for yourself. I and have you're going peace to need your Let wife. Let me tell you how I have it, you're Jesse. You're going to your wife to love you. Jesus. So you can tip faith in her. Christ. You see, that's I think one of the differences in theology, as we like so much again of what you say, but the theology behind it, you deny really the essentials of the faith. That you deny that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. You deny that salvation is through faith in Christ and His work alone. Um, you actually tell people. Um, you, I saw one of your videos. You were dissing people who have read the Bible through. You told people not to marry anybody that's read the Bible through. You say the Bible is corrupted. Uh, disagreeing, of course, with God, where he says... Corrupted that, meaning that down through the generation, men have uh, uh, mis... You know, they'll put words in the Bible that deceive people. It's not the original word of the Bible. For an example, some guy called my show the other day. We were talking about um, uh, living without sinning or something like that. And um, he said that when Jesus said that as long as you don't practice sin... And I'm like, that's not in the Bible. Where's practicing in the Bible? And he read it to me, and apparently someone has put that in the Bible now, <laughs> deceiving Christians, making Jesse, them well, think Jesse, that it's okay read, to sin. It's okay to sin as long as you're not practicing sin. Jesse, if you're you sinning as a child of God, you are practicing sin. It's ridiculous. Jesse, can you read the Greek New Testament, the original language? 
No, I can't. Okay, so that's probably the problem. When you see a translation where it says practice, it's because the Greek language is very, very detailed and expressive, and there are ways that the language is used. There are tenses. There are ways to actually translate from the original language into a way that can be understood in the English language today. Let me let me just ask you this. I guess well, my, I, you know, I wish the people who are into that, I wish them well. I'm not. I have no personal feelings about it. I mean, I understanding the Bible, for what it. I, I wish them well, but I can guarantee you that lives are not working very well for them. Well, in terms of what you say, the Bible is corrupted. Probably my last question here. You say that the Bible is is has been corrupted through translation. Well, I didn't say the whole Bible is corrupted. Just that down through the generations, uh, there have been words put there that should not be there. Another example is. And how will you know? Study to show yourself approve or something yes. like that. Yes. Well, so uh, is it possible where, where that God they... clearly state that everything we're looking for is within us? The kingdom of heaven is within. Go within and know Him. Well, not you understand that without, the kingdom of heaven, the rule not, kingdom of heaven, not go without and know Him because. He's on the inside, and he teaches us everything from within. The the rule, the kingdom of God, the Greek word for kingdom, basileia, the, the, the means rule, the rule of God is within, was said to Jews who were expecting an external uh, kingdom outside with armies and with a physical throne and all those things. And Jesus says, it's neither, you know, don't say, he, see there or see there, for the kingdom of God, the rule of God is within you. That doesn't mean that the whole experience is within and not actually uh, part and parcel to having the scriptures themselves that God says that he gives to us as God speaking himself. But I guess the concern well, I have... He does give it to us because it's written in our heart. And when you return to the Father, to God... What's written he, in our heart? He, he, the truth is written in our heart. It's written upon our, the Word made flesh. It's written in our heart. And the Word made flesh is and, from John 1 about God, Jesus, and, God becoming flesh. So you don't believe that the truth is written in your heart? No, I do believe... Um, if I'm not sure what you're quoting from, I think maybe it's Jeremiah 31, 31, that the new covenant, God's going to take the Torah and he's going to put it within us, the law of God, which is, by do the way, Do you believe that the truth is written upon your heart? Yeah, I do. I do. And I, I would say and the law of God is... do you live by that truth that's written in your heart? I do. I do. And, and for the and grace of so God, if you live by saved, that truth that's written in your heart, why do you have so much faith in the Bible? Well, because the truth that is written in my heart, when God says, say in Jeremiah 31, 31, the promise of the new covenant, which I think is what you're referring to, where he says he'll take the law and put it on our inward parts, that law he's referring to is the Torah. It's the written law. It's the law, definite article, the How law How do you know that the word is written in your heart? How do I know? Yes. Well, because God says in his word. That's how I fundamentally know, because God so, says that he would do it. And so experientially, you because, well, let me answer the question, Jesse. So you ask me, how do I know? One, because yes. God says so in his word. That's my ultimate standard. Not because I feel it, but because he says so in his word. Do I have a personal um, experience that corroborates that testimony from scripture? Yes. But if you ask how I know it, my certainty isn't based on my experience. My certainty is based upon the solid, sure foundation of the word of God, which you say is untrustworthy. Let me tell you how I know. I know because I live by it. I'm guided by it. I'm instructed by it from within. That's how I know. And and until you enter into that kingdom, 
within, and, and the kingdom is above too, but it's within us. But until you l- enter into that kingdom and start living by it, you don't know it for sure. Oh, I do, I do know it. I you know it because believe the word it, of God. You may believe it because it's written in the Bible, but you don't know it. Oh, I know it very, very personally. No, and you don't know it no, because if you knew do. it, if you knew it, you'd be pointing other people to it as to well. the scriptures? Yeah, I'm pointing people to the Word of God. And I do I'm want to point this, and I think it's, heaven, an, it's an important point to make. about the revelation within. Yes, the revelation the from within that. you contradicts the, the revelation us, in front of me. The Bible right points us back to the kingdom of heaven within, and as a son of God, if you knew that, you'd be doing the same thing. But I can't trust the Bible according to you. How do I know I that what you're you saying t- is true? I can't trust the Bible. You just quoted I the Bible, but you told me I couldn't trust in it. it. So I don't trust it then. Thank you. You so the neither verse trust you quoted, it or doubt it. I, the verse you quoted, I don't trust because you told me not to trust the Bible. What? You quoted a verse to me and I said, I don't believe that verse because you've already told me not to trust the Bible. Well, listen, let me just say this. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sure I, I, maybe I said it, I'm, we're moving forward here, but I don't want you to believe me. Don't believe me, because if you believe me, it would be just like believing the other preachers. You just believe it because they said it. And until you see it for yourself, it's not yours. I, I always tell the folk, not always, but I tell people, let it, whatever you hear me say, let it go in one ear and out the other one. Because until it is revealed to you, it's not yours. By who? So don't believe me. I don't try to convince people of anything at all. Here's the point I think you're missing, Jesse. Because I've maybe, maybe how this screwed will help. up people's lives are because maybe they just help. believe what someone else say and they don't get it. For, they maybe, don't, this will help you. maybe this will help you because I think you and I will agree with this, Jesse, because we're on the same page with so many things and I think uh, helpful to one another in, in so many respects. There are people that in their own personal experience, Jesse, they say they feel like a woman, but they're biologically a man. They feel They've had, right. a, they've had a revelation from God that God says that they are actually a woman and he's pleased with that. What <laughs> would you say to the person that has male genitalia and says he feels like a woman and God told him it's okay? That's a good question. And I do want to quickly say the things that come from God is not feelings at all. It's a light unto your feet. It's not about It says, by feelings. the way, wait, hold on, pause there. there, there I, I got to stop here one second. There are no it feelings. Says, it says that God's word is a light to our feet. Right, the word that's in you. No, 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 no. You added those but, words. But God's let me go back. Word. Let me get to what I was. Okay. Let me go back to what I would tell a man uh, uh, who says he feels like his mother. Right. He feels like a woman. He says like he, a woman. Let's say he's no. Ready? I'll give you. I'll give you something better to shoot at. No, he no, says God told him. He says God told him that he's actually a woman in a man's right. body. Uh, very good question, uh, Jeff. Uh, what I would say to them is that. You need to forgive your mother because you you become like whomever you're angry at. Whoever you resent, hate, or angry at, which are all the same. But that's just your opinion. That you you that take a, let me you ask me what opinion, I opinion. what would I say? Yeah, right. But that's your opinion versus his right. opinion. Let you have me, no foundation. Let me I haven't said it yet, Jeff. Okay. Forgive me. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I would tell them that you become like whomever you're angry at. You take on their spirit, their identity, and you start to think, feel, and act like them. You're not yourself. And so they do feel like a woman because they have their mother's identity, that they have the, the feminine spirit instead of the masculine spirit, which is of their father, which should be, is of God, right? And so I would say, and, and and this voice that's telling you that you are a woman is your 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 father the devil. He's deceiving you. You're not a woman. And so the way out 
is to forgive your mother for whatever she did, whether she was too controlling or imposed her will or she was too nice and too weak. Whatever you resent her for, forgive her. She couldn't help it so that God can forgive you and take that spirit away from you and return you to your original spirit that you had prior to the trauma. I think, Jesse, what you're missing there, maybe maybe I didn't clearly communicate it, but hopefully this this does it. You have a person who's saying that their own personal experiences is that God told them that they're actually a woman in a man's body. They got personal revelation. And then you're now giving your personal opinion and revelation devoid of Scripture to argue with them. You've got two people. But their father did tell them, but it was Satan, their father. How do you know that? Because Satan disguises himself as God. He said, Satan made a promise that he's going to. Where'd you get that from? He's going to do everything that God does in order to deceive, rob, steal, and kill. That sounds familiar. That sounds like a verse in the Bible. All angry people do listen and obey the voice of their father, the devil, thinking that it's from the true God and it's not. Jesse, can you see how, from our perspective, it seems like um, you are quoting the Bible when it's convenient for your doctrine and theology, but <laughs> yeah, where it disagrees. But where it I disagrees. Do, and I understand. I've been there where you guys are. Yeah. I was in that fallen state too. I totally understand oh. it. And so, yes, I see why you see it that way. Yeah, you're, you're quoting scripture where it agrees with your theology, but whenever it contradicts your theology, like for example, that Jesus is God who received worship. That's not a contradiction. What's not a contradiction? Because it doesn't say that. I see why you see it that way. Okay, so give me John chapter 1, verse 1. Jesus made it clear that he and his father are one. Just like Jesus says in John chapter 8 and 10, he says, unless you believe that ego a me, I am the eternal God, you will die in your sins. He says, before Abraham was, ego a me, I am. And they picked up stones to kill him. And Jesse they, the Jews picked up stones to kill him, and Jesus says, Many good works have I shown you from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? And they said, For thy good works we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and that you being a man make yourself God. He called himself the eternal God, and they were going to stone him for it, for blasphemy. You disagree with Jesus' own statement about himself. Well, Jesus never said that he is God. I just told you where he did. John chapter 8, 58, John chapter he's 10. God. John eight fifty eight. John Jesus chapter ten. Jesus made it clear. How do? Why do you think that when Jesus was uh, on the cross, he looked up to his father and said, "Father, why have you forsaken me?" Right, right. Because and, and otherwise, this if is, he were God, yeah. he would look at himself and say, "God, why am I forsaken yeah, myself?" What you're attacking is what's called modalism, and that was one of the first heresies see, rejected you got by all the Christian these intellectual Church. Intellectual words. No, Jesse, it's just try. history. <laughs> it's just history, brother. And and but, I got to tell you, you that. Know what? Again, I can't convince you. I'm not trying to convince you. I don't want to convince you. I want you to see it for all the people who are watching and listening. If you don't see it for yourself, keep going down the road that you're going down and see what happened to you, your family, your children, your relationship. They're never going to work yeah, because well, you're not connected back to the life source that gives that. Yeah, and I'm going to say, Jesse, that illusion, your, your message... You're living an illusion of the life source that come from knowledge of but not relationship with yeah and jesse i just want to say and i guess final words here your message in terms of your own personal private revelation and this experience is really no different from the mormons and their claims the jehovah's witnesses the muslims <laughs> i don't know anything about any of that yeah I well not their, their epistemology is very much similar to yours in terms of personal revelation and the rejection of the scriptures
And so I'm not I, telling you to reject the scripture. You should read the Bible, but don't, but listen don't to interpret it. the Bible. Don't interpret don't it. Don't study it. Don't don't study the Bible to remember the words of it. Just read it, put it down, and wait until it's revealed to you. That's By all who? I'm saying. How do I know I it's how do I know Bible, it's not how do I, I know it's not Satan giving me a revelation? How yeah, do I know it's not yeah. Satan giving me a revelation? How do yeah. I know? How do I oh, test Oh, that's it? a good question. Let me answer that. But first, let me say, I read the Bible. I encourage the men and women of bond around the world to read the Bible, but not to remember. And not to Just believe it. it. Put it away and let it be revealed to you. So here's how you can tell revelation from uh, Satan talking to you. Okay. If, if you have a, a voice in your head telling you what you're reading and interpret what you're reading, that's from your father, the devil. If you have revelation, the voiceless word revealing to you, making it clear by revealing, but not talking, but revelation, that's from God. You realize that what you just said was incoherent. So in other words, if... Of course, to the blind, it is incoherent. No, it's incoherent because what you're saying is that to read the Bible, but don't try to understand it, read the Bible, but don't listen to it, um, and the Bible's been corrupted. So I'll receive a voiceless revelation, which means it's incoherent. I have no understanding. So yeah. I want to say that your worldview is vastly different from the worldview of Jesus himself, God the apostles, that, everybody. Doesn't the scriptures say that God's voice is a voiceless voice? No. It does say that. Nope. He said that and who my cares children. If it does? It's not reliable. Don't believe my, it. He said that my children shall know me by my voice. His voice is a voiceless voice. You just added those but, words, Jesse. That's not in the scripture. But but his that but we're not his, supposed to believe. But his um, but the voice that people listen to is the voice of their father, the devil, thinking that it's you the voice of God. You keep quoting the Bible, Jesse, but you told me not to believe it. There, you are of your father of the devil. That's from Jesus, by the way, to the same Jews that were rejecting the fact that he is God. Right. And I just want to say to you, what with do you love, mean by believe it? Maybe I'm not understanding trust. what you mean by be belief means to trust. Don't have Commit faith in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't you're saying belief, trust that uh, when you say don't trust the Bible, you're saying don't have faith in, don't commit right. to trust. Right. Don't have in. faith in the Bible. Have faith in God. Right. Well, the word <laughs> in the Bible, Bible tell you to God. have faith in the Bible. What's that? Is, is there anywhere in the Bible where it tells you to have faith in the Bible? Certainly. Where? Well, I can give you a, a, a number of places. I would say um, you can look to the text like 2 Timothy 3.16, where it says that all Scripture is breathed out by no, God. No, that's not what I'm asking. Does it tell you to have faith in the Bible? Um, sure. Uh, do not merely listen to the Word, so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It so I would have to, I'd have to, I'd have to trust the Bible to do what it Does it tell you to have says. faith in God? The Bible says, of course, to trust in, in God, but it also No, does talks, the Bible say... Have faith in God, God or does the about? Bible say have faith in the Bible? It, it would it would tell you to do both, to have faith and trust no, in doesn't. God, and it would also tell you to trust in That's God's word. That's not true, Jeff. It well, does tell you to have faith in God, I but would it point does you not Psalm, tell you to have faith in the Bible. I would point you to Psalm 119, which I know the answer already is that's not reliable, it's been corrupted, don't trust it. Um, that's, that's your perspective, that's your worldview. And so, Jesse, if you could just hear me on this, Again, I like so much of what you say, but honestly, you are in the line historically of every major false teacher and heretic in history. Uh, Jeff, in the Bible, it doesn't tell you to have faith in the Bible. It tells you to have faith in God because whatever you believe in mm -hmm. believes in you, and that's what's going to control you. That's incoherent. That's why whatever you believe in believes that, in you. 
That's why God wants us I to I believe only, in this bottle of tea God right here. And you're only, saying that it believes back? Yeah. God says to only have faith in him. Don't have faith in man. Don't have faith in your friends. Don't have faith in your drug, your alcohol, your money. Don't have faith in the way you live. Don't have faith in your color. Don't have faith in anything but God. And then you will be guided. How do, by I, how do I know what God has to say? Where do I find that voice? It's in your heart. And when right. you are born again, you will know. Well in, well, in my heart, I hear God telling me to go out and to beat up an old lady across the street. That's what that's God told me God in my heart. You. God would never How tell you to do anything like that. How do I know? Because that is, is from that your down father somewhere? the devil. Is that written down somewhere? Then in some that, book somewhere? But So you believe that God would tell you to beat up an old lady? I'm telling you what people say, Jesse, in your position but is you, you have no argument with But you know they're not telling the them. truth. What's that? You know they're lying. They're How do I know that? Just... Is there a book somewhere written with God's words that tells me what the truth is? <laughs> Are you joking? I'm I'm asking you about your your the. Are your you theology. joking right now? It's not no, like you go. This is called. I I do actually want to hear the answer to this question. This is, is called, there this something is called written an internal, down? This is called an internal critique. I'm asking you about your system. If I make a claim that says I'm going to go beat up an old lady across the street, and I say I believe that that's godly and holy behavior. Your position is that I can't appeal to the word of God as the foundation to refute that claim. So how do you refute the guy that says he wants to go beat up an old lady across the street? You can't just say, that's silly. Because you know what? There's all kinds of people doing silly things today, like cutting oh, off their genitalia and saying they feel like a woman. I would simply say, you know what? That's not from God. But if you don't believe me, go beat up the woman and see what happens. And there you go. Yeah. You can't, you can't convince people about God. You can with the word of the living God. No, you can't. And this just goes to oh, show, yeah. Jesse, that You're you are right. not in line right. with historic You're orthodoxy. Right. You can't convince people with the Bible, but they're not. that doesn't mean that they believe in God. They just believe in what you said and what you said about the Bible, but their lives will not change, not for the good. No, I agree, because Jesse. This is where I think maybe there's, there's, there's probably a disagreement. you convincing them about God, not in God. We actually believe that God only... Only God can change somebody's heart. At this table right now, we believe oh, okay. that only God can change someone's heart, that they have to be born again, that they will not live godly lives that are honoring to Jesus apart from the Spirit of God changing their life. Well, that's but, true. But we don't separate the Spirit of God's work within me from the work of the Spirit of God in the Scriptures, which you do. No, my thing is the saints... God that inspired Paul, Peter, and all those good guys. Yeah. That same spirit that dwells in them dwells in me. Oh, how the do I know that? Spirit, because you're the denying same, the God that Paul listen, preached. Listen, the same spirit that dwells in Christ dwells in me. How do I know and that? So that's the spirit that I live by now as a result of God forgiving me and drawing me back to him. He Jesse, brought me do you, back know, home to do you him. know the way that I can say as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel, that the spirit speaking through you is not the same spirit of Jesus and Paul? Because huh. the words coming out of your mouth contradict them at every turn. Oh, okay. So I have well, one last question for you. Yes. Did you have fun? <laughs> I had a ball. I totally love this. Good. Good. So yes. All right, I Jesse. Had fun. Good. All right, we Jesse. We have to do it again. We should do it again, man. I'd love to. I, I told yeah. you we'd get we'd get back on and we'd have this conversation. I know it was obviously a tense conversation and important things though. Again, I just I want to say this and I hope you can receive it well. So much of what you say is is so inspiring to me and encouraging to me. 
but I just got to say this area, I want you to hear these words, and I don't mean in a condemning way. I mean it in a loving way. No, no apologize. I, I just want you to hear it in a loving way. Jesus yeah. says in John chapter 8, unless you believe, ego a me, I am, you will die in your sins. You reject that he is the I am, the eternal God. So Jesse, I love you, and I want you to know that if you don't turn to Christ as the eternal God, you're going to die in your sins. Amazing. Amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> All right, love you, Jesse. We'll talk to you soon. You too, Jeff. Thank you, man. And uh, good to meet Joy and Luke as well. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. So there you go, guys. That was Jesse Lee Peterson right on Apologia TV and After Show. Uh, So again, um, our concern as a church is to expose those who lead God's people astray and uh, Jesse Lee Peterson, though he has a lot of valuable things uh, to say and that he's doing in terms of confronting a lot of the social justice warrior nonsense and stuff on the left, socialism and all that, very helpful, and we're encouraged by some of that, but it's devoid of the biblical God, God's word, the gospel. Mm. And here's the thing. There can never be any real social transformation that's of any value apart from a changed heart and mind. And that only can take place through the true gospel and the true Christ. You have the wrong God and you have the wrong gospel. You're wrong enough to lose your soul. Dr. Walter Martin. Mm-hmm. So those are important. We can disagree on Adiaphora. We can. Things that are external, non-essential, not connected to essentials. We can and we do. And that's fine. But when it comes to the essentials of the faith, when you deny that Jesus is God, he says that you're going to die in your sins. Yeah. That's an essential. So we can't mess with that. You can't distort that. Right. And so is it important that Jesse Lee Peterson is exposed as a heretic and a false teacher? Yes. Is he entertaining? Of course. Is it fun to watch him? Believe me, yeah. Um, but he's, he's definitely somebody that needs to be marked out as a false mm. teacher because he is mm. that's it all right guys share yeah. the, share the episode hey you know this is one of those episodes you really should share because um again i couldn't find a lot not a lot online in terms yeah. of people critiquing his theology and exposing the man uh, i think it's important that we protect god's people from someone like jesse lee peterson and his theology mm. do i like the man i really really do but um that's the danger of wolves in sheep's clothing. Yep. We're going to put the video out, the entire video out. All right, it'll be up on YouTube. Yep. So share that. Let the world know. It's important for us to expose this stuff. Hopefully it was a blessing to you guys. I'm Jeff the Ninja. That's Luke the Bear. Peace out. Enjoy the girl. See ya. King Ginger. Hey. Don't forget, guys, to check out uh, next week with Jeff Durbin. We're back in season two right now. Uh, we have some important, uh, really great guests coming up. We had Ben Shapiro on the first episode of Apologia Studios on Facebook or YouTube to watch that season premiere. We have uh, Dr. Joe Boot flying in from Canada to be on for our next episode. And then very special guest after that. We're going to take a quick, like, two-week break um, because we kind of have to because we have stuff going on for End Abortion now. We're not going to be able to actually film for next week. So a little break, two weeks. When we're back, we'll have a lot of great content to share with you guys. Uh, Be on the lookout for that. Continue to pray for us. If you have not got connected yet with End Abortion Now, please do so. EndAbortionNow.com. And, uh, of course, go to ApologiaStudios.com and sign up for all access. Make everything we do possible. Love you guys. Bless you. Thank you. Catch you next week.